0: We're locked on Falcons and locked on Dolphins. This is a locked on Falcons, locked on Dolphins crosspod. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Freeman, joined by locked on Dolphins host Travis Wingfield. And we're going to be talking about the two teams, the Falcons and Dolphins squaring off this Thursday in the first preseason action of 2017. All right, Travis, uh, it's good to talk to you. You're one of the newer members of the Locked On podcast family. So, uh, you know, I think this is uh, your first cross pod. So uh, I'm I'm happy to be the, you know, if you don't mind me saying it, uh to be the guy to break your cherry on this
1: one. I was waiting for that. Yeah, me too, man. I'm excited to be on here. And uh I'm glad you reached out to me. It's it's exciting to be able to talk about real football for the first time in, you know, too long. It's been it's been a while now. And I'm, I'm sure for you guys, especially with the way your season ended last year. So I'm excited to talk about it. And uh, let's let's get going, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anything that will wash the bad taste out of our, our mouth. But the you know the issue with the Falcons when it comes to at least the Dolphins in the preseason they tend to put a beat down on the Falcons to the point where it's it's it causes people to panic a little bit so I'm hoping that we will um, have to avoid that fate this year because two years ago uh, Earl Mitchell single handedly pretty much wrecked our offensive line and it caused us to sort of have to revamp like 60 percent of it and last year matt ryan (laughs) threw a pick uh in the in the red zone and everybody was like oh here we go again matt ryan's bad again and then of course he had a mvp season so you know preseason uh hot takes but uh yeah hopefully we we won't have any sort of uh serious drama come uh friday and whatnot so we'll see how it
1: goes yeah one of the best uh one of the best quarterback seasons in the history of the NFL, really. And that interception they threw last year was to Rashad Jones. So that's like our all-pro safety. So don't I, I would view him more as a good play by Rashad than a bad throw by Matt. So you guys are good on that front.
0: Yeah, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's coming back from his injury. And I'm, I'm hoping that he can take a little bit longer than about six weeks into the regular season so we don't have to see him again in that upcoming game. <laughs>
1: I think he's ready to roll right now, man, but
0: I, I, I I hear you. All right. All right. Let's, let's talk about this game. Obviously the big news this week involving these two teams is really the Dolphins quarterback situation. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the whole bringing in Jay Cutler and and sort of how that changes the dynamic of the Dolphins upcoming season?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of my biggest things that I do uh, during the off season and I'll do it during this season as well is I run a quarterback evaluation website, uh, third and 10.com. And I, I, had effusive praise for your guys for your guys as a boy, Matt Ryan, and on, also our guy Ryan Tannehill. Big Ryan Tannehill fan. Think that he does a lot of things a lot of other quarterbacks can't do. So bummed out to see him go out. But you know, it's pretty rare to be able to, to be first week of August and to be able to find a quarterback that is the starting caliber of Jay Cutler. Now he's not like the best quarterback in the league by any means, or maybe even average, but. You're not going to find guys on the street that are going to have come in, know your offense, have the ability to kind of make the the type of throws that are required for this offense and Adam Gaze's offense. So I think it's the best case scenario they could have asked for when you lose your quarterback before the season even starts. Um, the, the reports from the first day of practice were all good, positive reports saying that, you know, he has a certain zip to his pass and his arm looks good to go. The shoulder's not a problem from the surgery he had last December. And obviously the, you know, the chemistry and the synergy he has with Adam Gaze with that year they spent in Chicago together really kind of puts him ahead of the curve in terms of a guy that just signed, you know, two days ago or three days ago, whatever it was. So I think you could see some good things, but just like with Jay Cutler's been his entire career, there to be a lot of bad things too. So just trying to mitigate... The bad and get more of the good out of what he does, and that's kind of what Adam Gaze does. You know, he's done it every year of his career so far in the NFL. So, hoping that that coaching influence really rubs off on Jay Cutler this year.
0: Yeah, I was um, I was getting hyped this offseason at the start of the offseason Once Kyle Shanahan was clear that he was leaving for San Francisco, I was thinking that okay, maybe they'll get Jay Cutler over in San Francisco to be the quarterback. And I figured, like, Jay Cutler would be great in the Shanahan offense and maybe it would help resurrect his career down the stretch. Obviously, that didn't go according to plan. So I'm definitely curious to see whether Cutler can sort of return to that 2015 form in Miami. Uh, he certainly has a lot of solid pieces around him. I, I know with the Dolphins the, – one of the, they're one of those teams that I wouldn't necessarily call it hype, but there's a lot of people talking about them, whether or not they can make that big leap, uh, offensively just because of so many of their young guys, like a Devonte Parker and a Kenyon Drake, and hopefully the retooling they've had on the offensive line, the addition of Julius Thomas, Jay Ajayi going from a guy that had, you know, five or six monster games to a guy that could have 15 or 16 monster games. Uh, you could really, talk yourself into that Dolphins offense making a big leap. So I'm, I'm curious sort of does the whole Tannehill injury sort of derail that thought process or are you still pretty confident that this is a team that's on the rise?
1: I think you're going to have a step back for sure. Just because I, I mean, Adam Gaze mentioned to Jeff Darlington before the injury happened that he was poising for a big season for Ryan Tannehill. So I think you're going to take a little bit of a step back, but at the same time, You know, the entire offseason plan was continuity and and bringing our own guys back. So they brought in Kenny Stills. They brought Rashad Jones back. They brought Andre Branch back. All these guys, they re-signed to new contracts. And I think that the reason for that is continuity in year two. I mean, the zone blocking scheme is the same deal on offensive lines. That's why there wasn't a lot of changes there. So I think that Jay Cutler's familiarity with the offense allows you to kind of continue that continuity, which you wouldn't have had otherwise without Ryan Tannehill, just because Matt Moore is kind of a— He's a different type of quarterback that doesn't really fit Adam Gaze's scheme, even though he got as much out of him last year as he could have in the last four games of the season. But I think the hype for me all along, the hype was for 2018. I think that I think the Patriots are (laughs) I mean, they're really poised to have a huge year this year. I mean, it's no different than it's been for the last 20 years for us as Dolphins, but our Dolphins fans. But um, I think that this year was supposed to be more of like a kind of progress and, and build some more, you know, young, young capital on the roster with guys like. like you mentioned, Devontae Parker on the roster on a rookie contract still, try to get more out of Jordan Phillips, some of these early round picks from the last couple of years that haven't quite broken out yet, and then go into next year with this really big expectation to kind of finally maybe dethrone the Patriots once maybe Tom Brady talks about I know he's talking about playing forever, but it's not going to last forever for him, right? So you hope that maybe he kind of shows his age a little bit this year and, and starts that decline. I mean, we've been talking about it for years now, so you hope that that's the case. I, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I mean, we saw what he did in the Super Bowl and all that stuff too. So I think that the Patriots still reign for now. The Dolphins are probably looking at a similar type of season, best-case scenario where they win maybe 9, 10, hopefully 11 games and sneak into a wild-card position. But I don't really see much hope beyond that, even if they get to that point because, it, it, I mean – I think the Vegas uh, win total right now is seven. So that's probably about where I expect them to be seven, eight, nine wins in that range.
0: Okay. Now I'm I'm curious, you you talk about some of the young guys. i mentioned some of them. Uh, Are there any sort of players that you're really sort of keeping your eye on, particularly in this first game? I know, I know with the Falcons, they're probably only going to play their starters for a series that's usually been Dan Quinn's M.O. these last two summers. If, if they start off really sloppy or something, he might throw them out there for a second series to sort of redeem themselves. But, um, you know, it's it's mostly about some of these second string and third string guys fighting for a roster spot with the Falcons. I'm curious, is, is that sort of the expectation for the Dolphins this upcoming Thursdays?
1: Yeah, I would say you pretty much hit the nail on the head. The same way the Falcons operate, I'm sure it'll be the same way with the Dolphins. We only have one year of Adam Gaze's um, you know, tenure with Miami to prove or for a track record to prove what he's done in the preseason. But last year it was kind of that same story, you know, one series and get off the field in the first game. It's more of a like you said, more about the second and third string guys. But some names I want to give to you here. I think the biggest one I want to look for is the defensive tackle Devon Godshow out of LSU. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right yet or not. Yeah. It's, it's spelled funny. Uh, it's a, one of those Cajun names down in the, in the that, southeast. That's there. how I've
0: heard it, so I, 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 oh. we'll go with it.
1: Okay, it's so that A-U-X ending. I'm not really sure how that works, but he's, he's been getting starting reps in practice and the scrimmage last Saturday over a former second-round pick Jordan Phillips from Oklahoma, who was supposed to be a guy in his third year that's supposed to come on and make a big splash at the other defensive tackle position next to and Sue. But the Dolphins spent a fifth-round and sixth-round pick on on Godshow and uh, Vincent Taylor from Oklahoma State. So I'm really curious to see how those reps play out, who starts the game, who gets the second-quarter, third-quarter reps at that position next to Sue? and then eventually Julius Wormsley and Nick Williams also kind of will fill into that spot too. So that defensive tackle spot, a big one to look at. I'm curious to see Jakeem Grant, our our diminutive little receiver that had a hell of a time catching punts last year. He he had a few muffs that really ruined his confidence, but he's been having some good uh, – a good training camp so far, and he's got that like 4-3 speed that y- you, know, you just can't clock that. So it'll be curious to see how he works as a receiver because he's been getting more time with the second unit. Uh, in, in camp this summer. And I'm, I'm curious to see if he gets a little more action out wide as well, rather than just returning punts. And then the two rookie uh, first two picks this year from the rookie class Charles Harris off the edge. I'm a big fan of him out of Mizzou. He should get some reps out there, uh, taking over for Andre Branch after a series or two. And then Raquan McMillan has been the starting Mike linebacker pretty much from day one. He's the second round pick out of Ohio State. Really looking forward to seeing him. And then the running backs behind, you mentioned Jay Ajayi's five or six monster games. That is spot on. We're looking for more out of him this year. I bet you he gets even more carries than he did last year. But you also mentioned Kenyon Drake. I'm a big fan of Drake. I thought he was pretty good at Alabama when he was healthy at least. And his rookie year, he had some really impressive highlight type plays. Beats the Jets with a kickoff return for a touchdown. Has a 50-yard touchdown run against the Bills in that crucial must-win week 16 game. So I'm ex- I'm excited to see him play. And hopefully beat out Damian Williams because to me Damian Williams, the third running back on the roster, is more of a specialist, uh, pass protection, punt coverage type of guy that can give you types of th- or give you things like that in the hidden yardage department. But I think he's a underwhelming type of runner. Whereas Kenyon Drake has real. I mean, the guy went to Alabama as a running back, kind of tells you all you need to know about his skill set. So D tackle, running back. The, the new the new rookies on the defense and then also the interior of the offensive line has been a problem for a, a number of years and we lost our starting left guard already in training camp to a torn biceps. Mike Pouncey is, you know, in bubble wrap pretty much all year round. So the the left guard, center, right guard combination, I don't really know what to expect for tomorrow night, to be honest with you. So we'll see what that looks like and that's a big one to watch too. Yeah, it'll be
0: interesting to see sort of the the two lines go at it. The Falcons are really sort of hoping their defensive line can take a big leap this year. Uh, Probably won't see too many of the starters, you know, the guys like Don Terry Poe and and Grady Jarrett and Vic Beasley. But, uh, you know, Tack McKinley uh, is coming off the shoulder injury and he's sort of being listed as a game-time decision. Um, Hopefully he'll get out there and play. But for the most part, the Falcons' defensive line is pretty set in terms of guys making the roster positions. It's just really about you know, how who's gonna carve out a role uh, here, you know, they have a bunch of guys like Rasheed Hageman and Jack Crawford and Shelby and um uh Courtney Upshaw that are sort of versatile pieces that they can play inside and outside. So we're not quite sure exactly how they're gonna sort of configure those guys and it'll be interesting to see if if they get some opportunities against um you know the, the Dolphins backups primarily i would assume right um, uh,
2: I,
1: would, I would really like to see uh i really want to see how craig urbic and well i'm hoping for ted larson but jermon bushrod and anthony steen and jake brendell some of those younger uh, interior offensive linemen i really want to see how well they go up against like you mentioned don terry poe and grady Jarrett, because those are those are pretty good guys to measure yourself against and and they need to, to deal with some size because there's some size in the afc East as well so i'm curious to see those guys like you mentioned
0: yeah it'll, it'll be an interesting matchup um uh, you know the, the the Falcons don't have too many uh, starting spots that are sort of open to contention. That right guard spot for them is one of the few of them. They're, they're you know they have a fullback. They're trying to replace Patrick Demarco, which um, at this point you know it, it just may be an, wind up being an afterthought in the offense if if they don't have a guy that they can rely on there. Um, and and outside of that, it's really just more about sort of the back end of the roster in terms of the competitions. So this game will be a good opportunity for some of those guys to sort of put their best foot forward. But I am curious with the dolphins, um, you know, at least a quick glance looking at their sort of depth chart, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of positions that at least from my knowledge looked like they, they were potentially wide open, but you, you mentioned a couple of them with the interior offensive line and D tackle. Um, I'm also curious, um, like you said, McMillan's playing middle linebacker. Then what, I have no idea what Lawrence Timmons is fit in the, on the team is like that. That was a little bit of a head scratching signing to me this offseason. So I'm curious where his
1: situation is. I think they really wanted to bring him in to help bolster blitz packages from linebackers. I mean, there's so much that Lawrence Timmons does in different variety of ways. It's kind of hard to get a feel for what he's going to do because with the Steelers, they had him playing that kind of like you mentioned he's the Mike linebacker they're playing that Tampa two where he's dropping deep down the pipe down in the middle of the field I mean shoot he was covering Chris Hogan and and Danny Amendola in that AFC championship game not very well but he was he was doing it but uh, I think that you know Raekwon's a much better fit for the middle linebacker spot, kind of a, a thumper in the middle that plays downhill. And then Lawrence Timmons, you know, he he does a lot of different, or he has done a lot of different things with Dick LeBeau in Pittsburgh where he can blitz the edge, play that strong side C gap. And I think you're going to see a lot of that from him in this in this game and this season as well moving forward. I, I think that you got to, the Dolphins need to figure out who's going to be their two linebackers that stay on the field in the nickel package, which is, as you well know, oh, excuse me, is the base package in the NFL these days. So I'm really curious to see how that works itself out. You know, Kiko Alonso got big money. You got to imagine he's one of the guys. And I think Lawrence Timmons probably initially will play in that sub package, and Raquan will come off the field on passing downs or and nickel packages, I should say.
0: Yeah, it was just it was interesting to me when they signed him, and it was like, yeah, Timmons. I, you know, I've been a big fan of Lawrence Timmons for many, many years, but it seems like he's starting to slow down a little bit. And then they drafted Raquan McMillan, and I was like, hmm, I, I don't quite get the plan there, but you know. We'll we'll see how it works out. Certainly, Lawrence Timmons is, is a solid veteran. He'll he'll certainly contribute in some way. But it just seemed like they sort of, re, you know, if, if they could have chose one guy to pick to to add this offseason, it probably would have been McMillan as opposed to Timmons. But uh, we'll we'll see how it works out. I guess.
1: Yeah, I think I think that one of their plans was it's it's kind of been a theme for different regimes over the years of just kind of throwing resources at one position of weakness i mean the linebacker has killed the dolphins for the past few years now and not just lack of ability but lack of depth and injury injuries that have occurred when I mean, we had guys spencer Pacinger, neville hewitt mike hole i mean these are guys that were getting regular reps last year and those are those are guys that shouldn't really be seeing the field on defense at all and they got a lot of reps So i think that now you got you mentioned mcmillan alonzo Timmins you got uh, Nivell, who will be a, a backup role again. The guy from the CFL, Deion Lacey, another name I want to watch out for. He's a guy that had several offers from the NFL to come down from the CFL and chose to play in Miami. So curious to see what his role is and uh, just kind of see the depth of that linebacker position because it's been such a weakness for a long time now.
0: Okay, all right, um, Travis. I don't. You know, it's a first preseason game, so I, I don't want to. Uh, analyze it over overly too much uh, (laughs) um so i'm just curious i don't really have anything else to add in terms of trying to get uh glean information or glean um uh i don't know but from you but um i'm curious if there was anything else that you wanted to discuss about this upcoming game or or this upcoming season for the dolphins because we will see each other again so i'm i'm sure this is the first of many conversations we'll have this year
1: Yeah, I was going to say we'll have to record again for that week six game, definitely, together. Uh, No, not really any more further thoughts than that. Just kind of, I guess, previewing the season. I mean, I'll I'll probably get to more of that later as the preseason progresses, because I've kind of put it out there to how I expect the season to go from this point, but I'm sure that'll change in the next month or so. But uh, I, I just... Put the faith in Adam Gase, trust in his plan, trust in his vision. He's done nothing to prove the Dolphins fans he hasn't deserved that yet so far. So, uh, just trust in the coach and and pl- let the process play out. And uh, just remember, this is kind of more of a building year again. I know that last year's playoff season was was nice and ten wins, was the first time in the playoffs since uh, 2008, which is also like I said, very nice to have that. But just trust in the process and understand this is still still kind of a building thing they're doing here. So, I don't have. Crazy expectations. I'm, I'm sure nothing like you guys have down there in Atlanta. So just hoping to kind of replicate last season's success, I think, is is the expectation.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I, I definitely am looking forward to see if, if sort of the Dolphins, uh, particularly on offense, can sort of make that big leap and, and be one of those potent teams. Um, certainly a big question surrounding the Falcons this year is wh- whether their the defense is going to be able to catch up slightly with their offense. I mean, you know, Obviously not be an all-time great unit. But certainly be able to pick up a little bit more slack because last season they were pretty much entirely carried by their offense all the way to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, it didn't get them quite over the hump like they wanted. But, um, you know, if, if the Dolphins offense is for real, that'll be a fun challenge. That'll be a fun matchup later on in the regular season when uh, neither team is holding back in terms of what they're doing uh, offensively and defensively. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, same here. I'll be curious to see how your guys' speed translates to play our play against our offense because the Dolphins have a lot of speed now too, and you know Deion Jones in the middle, and who is the rookie? You also grabbed uh, uh, Duke Riley, right?
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I'm curious to see how those two mesh together and, and play again in the NFL together. That'll be fun to see.
0: Yeah, it should be fun. Um, you know, I do like this matchup quite a bit. I, I like the the Dolphins wide receiver core. I think um, from what I've seen, I, you know, I'm not, I'm by no means an expert, but I think Devonte Parker could be a big X factor in that regular season game, just because um, you know, the Falcons in terms of the chess match, trying to figure out how they're going to match up with your three receivers. Now that Jalen Collins is suspended, um, he's not going to be a factor in that. And so they'll have to figure out, you know, who they like to shadow their corners uh, a little bit, Uh, more than, you know, traditionally what you would expect out of the Dan Quinn Seahawks-style defense. And so playing that chess matchup, do you put Trufant and Stiff? Like, you could literally put Trufant on any of those guys. Yeah. It would be the right call. And so then you have to figure out, okay, if Trufant... Shadows that guy, then do you have Alfred Shadow the other guy, and which one of those other guys so it'll be a a very interesting chess match to sort of deal with that and and one of the ways that teams were able to exploit the Fal- well, not really exploit them because obviously few teams exploited them um, last season, Um, but one of the weaknesses of the team last year was their run defense and and Miami's, that's really, you know, dare I say the foundation of their offense and um, that may be another way that they can sort of attack the Falcons defense, so I do think that will be, uh, again, an interesting matchup as we get to the regular season.
1: Yeah, definitely. A good coaching matchup, too, like you mentioned. I'm I'm curious to see what your guys' offense looks like transitioning from kyle shanahan over to to sark because uh i watched i mentioned that quarterback site that i run i I watch every every snap every quarterback takes so watching matt ryan and kyle shanahan last year was was just a lot of fun for me so i'm curious to see what that looks like for you guys moving forward as well
0: it was fun for me until it
1: wasn't (laughs) (laughs) hey hey, we don't like the patriots either so i was right there with you probably not quite as much but (laughs) you know
0: yeah all right man, let the people know where that site is, where they can find you on on Twitter and, and elsewhere on the interwebs if they if they're curious to to get your insights on the dolphins or quarterbacks in general or, or anything else NFL related.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, thirdand10.com. It's spelled out third, so T H I R D and and then the number 10, so thirdand10.com. Uh, It's the quarterback analyst site. I write a bunch of commentary on there, you know, talk about different storylines. I wrote about Kyle Shanahan, Adam Gaze and Josh McDaniels, a little bit about play calling and that kind of stuff. So I have a bunch of stuff on there. It's all up and it took me months and months to build, but that's up there. Check me out on Twitter at Winkfield NFL. My last name, Winkfield NFL. Uh, A bunch of tweets about the Dolphins all the time and that kind of good stuff, too. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm out there uh, doing the Locked on Dolphins podcast. I've been off for the last couple of days on vacation, so I'm glad to record here with you for tomorrow's game, but I'll be back tomorrow to get recaps on the show, and uh, you guys can check me out there too.
0: Yep, and for your Locked on Dolphins listeners uh, who probably will be listening to this, if they want to get more insights into the Falcons, I'm at fans on Twitter, Locked on Falcons on Audioboom.com. You can check out... What limited stuff I'm writing Over at falcfans.com this year I'll probably write a lot more than I did last season Which was pretty much nothing Um, So that's a way That you can sort of stay uh, up to date On everything Falcons If uh, that is what you're interested in So there you go
1: Yeah man I'm looking forward to it
0: appreciate it Alright man Uh, I will talk to you definitely later this uh, season So uh,
1: we'll definitely be chatting again All right, sounds good. Stay healthy and have a good season, man. All right, you too. All right, bye.
2: the list.